we're going to be live double, double live. Double live. Does that, does that exist? Double live. What? We'll let it run over here for a minute. The coffee will be my camera. We'll just fucking fire. We'll fire Andrew. Is that that nitro <laughs> brew I bought you? Yeah, this nitro brew's got me feeling some kind of way, buddy. Whoop. I asked him put a little bit of. We might actually need Andrew. Special stuff in there. Put some uh, steroids in here. Mm. There we go. I can't believe you didn't get me one. Yeah, I didn't want to get you one. Thanks. We didn't invite Andrew. What happened? Well, I found out he's been stealing Quest bars. So, dude. I didn't know we were selling those. <laughs> He's been. <laughs> I literally caught him stealing Quest bars that we sell from our store. From our store. Is it stealing if I didn't know they were on sale? Yes, you can't plead now, that ignorance. Here's a question for you. And this is loaded. Is it racist that you found him stealing? <laughs> no. Is this a racist situation? Because I didn't is accuse racial, him of it. Is this racial profiling? No. If I had known a quest bar was gone and I just went up to him being Hispanic male and accused him of it, mm. that is different versus me looking over and holding a quest bar in his hand. This is really opening yeah. up a big can of worms right here. Yeah, because so dark. This is a bad circle we can go down. <laughs> well, because the thing was, I, I, I'm eating it and he just stares right at me. He's like, where did you get that? Instead of just assuming maybe it's I purchased technique. it somewhere. <sighs> yeah. It seems, I mean, just in general, you know, Jewish people seem to always have the upper hand in everything. <laughs> well, we, this seems like another case. We, short, fat, you got to have, I mean, we have a lot of bad things going for fat? us. So we need to, you know, have some things on our upper hand. But great beards. Uh, yes. Andrew. Harry. Yeah. Was this an act of desperation or what happened? Well, I got. Walk us through your day and how, what led to this uh, stealing of the quest bar? Gotcha. Well, I was the second person to walk in the gym. Mm. So he was late. <laughs> okay. hey, Already great, hole. great job. Always being second place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Well, the only other person that was here before me has already left mm. and I'll be here probably longer than anybody else. Okay. Oh, now he's talking okay, trash. Okay. Just call him a shot. Now he's getting sassy. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm in between houses right now cause we're moving. So I don't really have everything ready to go he's for just breakfast. Throwing, sounds like he's throwing money around buying houses and shit. Yeah, that that power project money. <laughs> that's that's right. So, anyway, so, far, so I didn't so have good. anything to eat for breakfast. Made some coffee while I was here. Grabbed a Quest bar. Little did I know, I was borrowing a Quest bar, <laughs> not not stealing. He was how like, much are a Quest bar? He was at the final bite. Like he was already working his way down. What flavor was it? Ah, uh, you know I have it right here. Nope. It was cookie dough. Yeah, oatmeal, oatmeal chocolate chip. But I had another one. That's my one favorite and I put one. It back. <laughs> <laughs> Not the oatmeal chocolate chip. Yeah, yeah. Damn. All right, peeps. I'm shutting this down. We're uh, we're going live on YouTube. Yep. YouTube. Uh, it's a YouTube Power Project. Make sure you go check it out. YouTube Power Project. Mark Bell's Power Project on YouTube. Go check it out. Sayonara. Are you live? Right yeah, we're currently live. We are still live. Don't worry. We're still live, but we're on, we're on the YouTubes. All right. I wanted to pop on here today to talk to you guys about the power project. We've kind of just been rolling right through it. We've been steamrolling right through it and we've been firing out a lot of podcasts lately. Uh, we're switching over to doing all of them live. The only ones that won't be live are the ones that have been recorded already, uh, which are ones with uh, Chuck Liddell and a few other people that you're going to see coming up soon. I'm really excited to roll some of those out, and uh, I just didn't want you guys to get all confused on what's live and what's not and what's this and what's that. All you need to know is that you're going to get fucking smashed with a lot of information and a lot of stupid shit from me and from the Power Project. Now, it used to be called Mark Bell's PowerCast. We have switched that shit up. We have dissolved that. Um, that the Power the PowerCast was great. Uh, we did it for about four years. Yeah, four years. Did it for about four years. We built up a tremendous amount of advertising, uh, built up a ton of fans, and I appreciate all you guys that have been sticking with me, that have been following along from the very beginning. Uh, but this now, this format gives us the freedom uh, to move and to get into uh, some other spaces that we weren't able to get into before, uh, just because the podcast before was kind of cumbersome. The fact that it wasn't live was kind of frustrating to me, and I wanted to be able to upgrade the podcast just as we upgrade everything around here. 
here. Uh, the gym has never stayed the same from day one. Uh, the gym started out um, in somebody else's gym. We started renting out space from somebody else in the very beginning. We then uh, moved the gym to a uh, a smaller facility uh, across the street from a Hmong funeral home where they were like <laughs> slaughtering chickens and <laughs> doing whatever the hell else they were doing, sacrificing cows and shit like that. And every step of the way, everything has always gotten better. Every step of the way, powerlifting has always been the backbone of what we do. Uh, the only thing that we've done recently that's been a bigger change is we have gotten out to more people. We have gotten out to the general public more. And so therefore, we occasionally have to talk about shit that the general public wants to hear about uh, rather than just talk about meathead powerlifter stuff all the time. But it still is the backbone. And the only thing we've really done that's been the biggest change and the biggest difference has been we've added stuff. We're adding stuff all the time. We're not subtracting anything. You can still go on our site and you can still see, uh, you can still go on our YouTube channel, our Super Training 06 YouTube channel uh, that has been around for a long ass time. And you can still see a lot of powerlifting. Every once in a while, you might see a profile on somebody that is doing something a little bit different than just powerlifting. Um, but for the most part, you're still going to see a lot of guys from super training gym loading up some heavy benches, some heavy squats, some heavy deadlifts. From time to time, you're going to hear me talk about my war on carbs. From time to time, you're going to hear me talk about a ketogenic diet because that's the kick. That's what's going on right now. And I've lost a lot of weight. And I'm trying to share that information with other people. And I'm trying to share that information with you guys. Just as I've always done from the beginning, I try to share the stuff that I'm doing. I try to share uh, what I think is cool. And I also try to monetize it. And I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, anybody with half a brain can realize that. Anybody with half a brain can see that. Go back and watch some of the old videos of me squatting 900 pounds, 1,000 pounds, and uh, being on a quest to squat 1,100 pounds. You'll see early versions of compression cuffs that I later turned into products that I now sell. Uh, the reason why I sell it is because I think it works. I think it's effective. And I'm never going to back down and I'm never going to um, slow down with, uh, with being somebody that's going to sell products. I have products. I feel that they're good. And I'm going to get them in front of people. And uh, if that means that I have to sometimes feel like a fucking idiot and feel like a dork sometimes to do it. That's just part of who I am, and that's part of what I have to do. I really don't like doing that. Well, that's what keeps the lights on. I mean, the whole reason we can do the podcast yeah. and have the YouTube channel and have the staff that we have is because we have products to sell. That's what keeps everything moving forward. If we didn't have those things, yeah. it'd be chasing a dollar every day. Yeah, I, I really, I honestly, genuinely don't like doing that. Like, I don't like, uh, you know, we, I went into a gym in Davis and uh, promoted the slingshot push-up. Mm -hmm. We talked about that a lot. And I went in there and had a bunch of women uh, that uh, mainly do like yoga and spin. They exercise and they were, some of them were, were fairly fit, um, but their, their strength level was not high. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and I brought in, brought in some uh, hip circles for them to try out. I brought in some slingshot sports for them to try out, slingshot push-up. And, uh, you know, they, they used them. They liked them. It was successful. A lot of girls that couldn't do a push-up can now uh, enjoy doing five push-ups, ten push-ups. And now, over a period of time, they can work on doing push-ups in the slingshot push-up and then even venture out of the slingshot push-up and have the strength to do regular push-ups. Did you feel pretty salesy when you're doing that or was it yeah. once they threw it on, did it click? Did some of them, because sometimes at the trade shows, like at the Arnold, someone might walk up, they're a little skeptical. Have you heard of slingshot? Have you ever right. tried one out? And they go, ah, I'm good. I can bench 315 or three, it's always 350, 350. <laughs> and uh, you're like, oh, just come on back. Let me throw it on your arms, try it out. And you put it on, they do a couple of push-ups and they yeah. instantly pop up and it's, they have a smile on their face and they're, they're like sold, right? Like I did, all I had to do was put on their arms and have them do a push up. It does feel like a sales pitch, um, but I did not realize how ingrained into my body that this actually was um, until I've gotten to this point. I actually did not realize any of this until about this year uh, in particular, when um, I just started thinking more, I started thinking about my dad's relationship with my son, my relationship with my dad, my relationship with my grandfather, um, and uh, my dad's relationship with his grandfather. And then it just kind of hit me. I was kind of thinking of all these things and somebody asked me, um, 
you know, what my child, because, you know, people, when you're successful, people want to know every aspect of your life. They yeah, want to know. Because they emulate it. Yeah. They want to know what your childhood was like and stuff like that. So I started kind of thinking of some of those things and I was like, yeah, you know, my, my grandfather, he like built his own house and he, he built his own car and he used to fix up cars and that's insane. he worked on the railroad and he knew how to weld and he knew construction and he knew uh, how to hunt and he knew how to do this. He knew, and it was all things that he kind of just figured out. He didn't have a college education. Didn't have a Google to search and YouTube <laughs> to watch. Yep. And he, yeah, he certainly didn't have any of that. Um, he didn't have anywhere to like kind of look it up, but yeah. he, a lot of times you just kind of learn the job. And I think there's something to be said about people that are just fascinated with stuff. They just tend to learn things pretty fast. And he was somebody who's always tinkering with stuff, always trying to figure out stuff. But another thing that he did that was ingrained in me from the time I was a kid, he was always promoting his name was everywhere. Like you got, you guys saw me make some of those shirts that say uh, shell bell auto mechanic. Well, that was yep. his shop that he had. That was, that was in his house. That was in his garage at his house. He had, uh, you know, when we, when we had uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff like that, he'd start up all these cars, 14, 15, 16, 17 cars, and he'd move them out of the way for our, you know, our Thanksgiving and for our Christmas, he'd, he'd move them off to the side. And then, uh, you know, we would have a big party because we have a huge family. We'd have a huge, huge ass party and uh, everybody else would park their cars around in those spots and we'd be playing football and wiffle ball and you name it, we'd be doing it. Uh, but out in front, it said Shell Bell Auto. He, uh, you know, back in a time when it wasn't easy to get like a sign, like he, he would make all this stuff himself. Yeah. Um, he would, uh, he would put signs like on, on the outside of his car, like which people don't have, people didn't have stuff like that then. They didn't have, you know, there was no, it wasn't like a magnet that you would just slap on the car. It wasn't like you just go on the it internet. Was a, it was a commitment. <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you were welding something or, or yeah. putting something on a it, car paint. Yeah, it was a big commitment. And, and a lot of people like hated him for it. You know, like when, when he passed and, and uh, went to his funeral, I mean, there was hundreds of people there. He was like, just like a legend uh, in, in his area. He really touched a lot of people. But a lot of people also kind of, they loved to hate him in a way because he was successful. Uh, he was only like five foot three or five foot four. He was short Relatable. in stature, but he was like, he was feisty, you know, and he was a, a go-getter he was somebody that worked worked really hard many people have similar stories with their uh you know relatives and stuff like that but you know i i never even really thought about it until i got older i was like oh my god yeah i did see a lot of that growing up and then my dad when he lost his job with ibm he did the same exact thing my dad started his own real estate business my dad started his own ta income tax uh business he still does taxes today and he's still a hustler my dad has a new shirt or new hat almost every day you know that that says tax works on it you know he's he's constantly branding and rebranding and repackaging and so redoing is, so this is genetic yeah it's it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> it, been, this is a trait that's been passed on through dna yeah and i and i uh I never knew it. You know, when I was a kid, I did some weird stuff. I would sell stuff like door to door. <laughs> I would just like gather stuff from my house and try to like, you know, get like a, a wagon and pull it with me and like sell like it. Like just grab like your parents stuff that I they, would grab whether yeah. they wanted to get rid of it or not. You're selling it. I would grab some junk and just try to, and just try to sell it. And then I got to a point where I, when I got older, uh, I started to lose a lot of confidence in myself because I didn't think I was like smart enough. I just, as you get older, you end up with a lot of reservations for yourself somewhere along the line. Someone tells you you're not good enough or someone tells you that it's weird. Well, the risk is bigger, right? Like when you're a kid, there's yeah. really nothing to lose, but the That's older you get. probably like seven or eight, you yeah. know? So they're like, oh, it's cute. Sure. But when you're like 12 or 13, like who's this weird dorky kid trying yeah. to sell me this crap, you know? And you also don't have like ego, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah you, the it's, fear level is... You're, you're not afraid to fail when yeah. you're a kid because, yeah, it's even worse now with social media and stuff. Yeah, as you get older, you start to develop an ego and uh, somebody knocks it down a notch and just gets knocked down another notch. And I'm like, you know, in these classes with these kids that were, you know, lighting their desk on fire or fighting with... These, they, these kids could not pay attention to, to save their lives. They were... This is uh, like a disabled class, right? Like, yeah. kids, all kind of issues, mental and... Like for, yeah, maybe. really ran the gamut because there, you know, at that time there wasn't, um, 
I think now there's like a little bit more specialized uh, learning that you can get. I, for me, I mean, the main thing with me, I was just like slower than most people. It just took me longer. Yeah. It took me long. And it still to this day takes me a long time to read. It takes me a long time to do a lot of stuff. And my brain just works differently maybe than some other people, which I found out later is a strength. Like for me, it, it works well. Like I, I've kind of found uh, my niche and I found out what works well for me. And sometimes uh, I'm going to compute things a little bit differently than, than other people, but I'm still able to, to get a lot of tasks done. And I think there's probably a period of time in my life where I kind of bought into some of this, like, oh, I'm learning disabled. Like, yeah, I'm in these classes and they exempt me from uh, different, different classes in school. I didn't have to take like advanced math. I didn't have to, uh, take a language, which was a requirement for all the other students. I didn't have to play an instrument. Uh, I wasn't really forced into any of these things where you would, uh, where you'd try some stuff cause you'd get in kind of a compromised position. They're like, well, he's still having a hard time with some of this remedial stuff. There's really no reason to put any more stress on him and Do have him try these things. you think you didn't push it? quite the same like if you were in those regular classes do you think it'd be fight or flight or just because you were in that special class or maybe the expectations were less did you maybe kick it back a little bit or did you want to prove people wrong or you don't even really know no i think that uh i i think that you know it's a it's a literal like handicap like but it's a handicap that i put on myself more so than anything else um, yes, like some teachers were, you know, not kind to me. And there was, there was some stuff that happened that was like, didn't make me feel great. Uh, but I mean, looking back on it, it's like, well, you know, my parents were strong enough. My brothers were strong enough. My family environment was strong enough. I should have been like, fuck that. You know, and that's what my parents ultimately taught me. And they all, all ultimately, uh, showed me is my there was one incident where it was just taking me a really long time to do my homework and then the teacher you know he just kind of drowned it out in front of everybody else he's like hey is it taking anybody else four hours to do their homework and i'm just like turning fucking bright red you know i was easily embarrassed at the time now mm. now it's a little harder to get me embarrassed but um you know, and I, you know, I went home and I was really upset and I was telling my parents and my, my dad, you know, my dad's like, I'm going to go over there and punch your teacher <laughs> in the face. You know, uh, my parents are very compassionate. They love their kids very much and they'll do anything for them. And so, uh, I was like, you know what? I was like, dad, you know, I don't, I don't want that. I was probably like 12 or something. So it was like, you know, uh, very embarrassing for any of that stuff to be going on. I didn't want to tell my parents, but I was also kind of distraught about it. I was upset about it. So, uh, they, they kind of, they kind of saw that. And then we talked about it more and, uh, ultimately my dad said, look, you know, here's the thing. It's like, you just have to go through school. You got to figure out a way. This, this is, this is what happens. You, everyone goes to school. He's like, when you're done with school, he's like, maybe we can figure out something else. But for now, this is what we're doing. You have to go to school and uh, you'll have to deal with it. And uh, you'll have to just be smarter and stronger than your teachers. You know, he's like, he's like, so what? You're not good at math. He's like, I'm good at math, but he's like, this doesn't make me anything special. He's like, you're good. At that time, I was already lifting weights and stuff. He's like, you're good at football. You're good at lifting weights. He's like, you're, you know, good at some of your own things. And that didn't really help much. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Wasn't really listening to him much. Uh, and then it was my mom. My mom was like, you're faster than all your friends. Cause at the time I could actually run. And she's like, you can outlift all your friends. And uh, whenever you play any sport, you can mimic what any, anybody else can do. She's like, one day, all this stuff will add up. It'll turn into something and <laughs> you'll be fine. You know, she'll just like, you'll, your day will come is what she, I remember her saying that wow. specifically. And I was like, yeah, I can hang in there till then. And pretty much from that point on, I was just like, fuck everybody. You know, I don't really care what they say about me. As long as it's not my mom and dad yeah. saying something about me. And as long as I'm trying. And what can you do? Then I'm okay. But there was definitely situations where I used some of those. Uh, there was definitely situations where I took advantage of being learning disabled yeah. and kind of cruising through some of these classes uh, where I had kids like drooling and snorting glue and whatever else, <laughs> whatever, Dang, whatever, whatever else these kids were doing. That's rough. That's it was, rough. Uh, there was definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of fights in these classes. But the other, another thing I didn't realize until I went and talked to Michael Tran, this will be a video that you guys will see coming up on YouTube soon. Uh, we had a great interview with Michael Hearn and Michael Hearn flipped the script on me. And he wow. started interviewing me. Uh, Didn't see it coming. But Mike had a similar upbringing. 
had very loving parents. Uh, he grew up in a really big family. He had like, I don't know, eight or nine siblings or something oh. like that. Um, but uh, he grew up with a learning disability as well. And he was like, hey, he's like, I got a question for you. He's like, you were, you were uh, in some special classes and stuff, right? And I was like, yep. And he's like, yeah, me too. And he's like, you ever stand up for any of those kids? Like, you know, like anybody ever pick on them? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I never even thought about any of that. But some of that, uh, you know, some of that nature of like wanting to be stronger and wanting to be able to uh, like right or wrong for somebody else that's getting like teased or picked on. And uh, some of those things were definitely uh, a part of my upbringing. I mean, I used to see it all the time. Just kids being kids are kids are going to pick on people kids that have are, kids are kids. Kids are going to pick on people that have problems. I mean, it's just, there's, yeah. I, I don't blame them because I make fun of people too. Yeah. We're all judgmental, right? As you yeah. get older, you learn to uh, do it more. I mean, do it less. <laughs> do it behind closed doors. Do it behind closed doors. Um, but yeah, those are all things that ended up being traits that kind of ended up molding me and ended up, you know, kind of turning me into, um, I guess, what whatever the fuck I am today. Anyway, I wanted to share some of this stuff with you guys because I want to show you guys that the Power Project is going to be a little bit different than what you've seen in the past. We're going to be firing out a lot of a lot of content, a lot of videos. Uh, we're going to be traveling, we're going to be hitting the road, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. And then also with uh, the Slingshot Media, we are working on picking up more people. Yep. So if you're listening to this show, we don't need you to be a power lifter. Nope. We, we don't need you to squat 500 pounds, although that be, would be nice. It'd be awesome. We to need watch some with the sort camera. of skill set. Uh, but we are looking for some more people. And part of the reason why we're looking for more people is because uh, the guys have done such a good job whenever we brought them anywhere or whenever we sent them out anywhere. So I want to do that more often. Uh, I'd love to send out a crew to stand efforting to do a day in the life with the rhino, get the 10 minute walks in there, yeah. have him hanging out with his kids. Making his monster mash, showing drink us some OJ, eat three carrots. Absolutely, eat, drink some cranberry juice cranberry or whatever. Concentrate, yeah. Whatever the hell, whatever the hell else it is he's doing, uh, get some video footage of uh, of of his wifey and stuff, and you know, just be great to get more stuff like that. So I'd yeah. love to send the crew out to but do. But there's some. so much happening here that it's hard to send people out and and cover and cover the gym and cover right. what's going on. So yeah. Right. And, and we love having people come here. Yep. You know, um, we're going to have uh, Steffi Cohen come out at one point. I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, what that girl has been doing, but uh, Marcus uh, hit up uh, some deadlifts the other day off of some blocks and he, 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 he did a set with like 500. I know he went up to like 625 sure. or something. He did a set with like five. Marcus is coming off of some injuries. Yeah. His deadlift is definitely not his strongest uh, lift. Marcus, a.k.a. Filipino Thunder. I think he successfully pulled about 733 in a meet. Yeah, maybe 711, 733, something like that. Um, 804 squat, I mm -hmm. believe, and a 519 bench. Yeah. At 220? No, no 320. <laughs> 440? I don't know. Something like that. How much did he weigh for those lifts? I don't know. I think anything over 300. He's going to be us. <laughs> Sorry, he was, a, he was a lean 242. Anyway... Chubby little Marcus uh, is is over there deadlifting his little heart out, yep. banging out some triples. And uh, I was just like, hey, uh, that's, that's pretty good. He's showing me the form and technique. And I was like, but I just saw Steffi Cohen. <laughs> Not only did she deadlift 500, but she did it for a triple and she did it from the floor. And then I saw Aisha. Is that how we say her name? Uh, I think it's just Aisha. Yeah, Aisha. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how he's saying it? I don't know. I'm probably messing it up. She's going to punch but me. But she, she knows what we're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, that girl is fucking strong as shit too. She's down in the, in the uh, Los Angeles area and she did 500 off of blocks for like seven reps. So I'm like, Marcus, you got some fucking... Dang, I didn't see that. I'm glad I didn't see that because that upset me. I'm... You know, like Marcus is like, yeah, partial range of He He will never just acknowledge no, something never... in... He'll, he'll never, never just be like great. No, job. he'll always have like, oh, well, it was from blocks or they had a deadlift bar or straps or the, the worst. If you can think of it, he'll come up with but it. But you're like, it's a girl. <laughs> yeah. That's a third your size. No, somebody was telling, I think it was Jessica saying that one of her friends made it to the NFL, like going on and on. Oh, like, oh yeah, he, yeah. That was great. That was like, great. You know, he's, he's in the NFL now. And then from across the gym, 
Yeah, but he's on the practice squad. Dude, yep, hater. Yep. He's, he's the like, ultimate hater. Dude, he's in the N- he's on an NFL oh. team. Like, how are you going to hate on somebody for being, you know? Yeah, like, Marcus, he's not cream of the crop, but he's <laughs> yeah. Marcus he uh, recklessly coming in last minute, <laughs> yeah. diving right towards your uh, the back of your kneecap to just take your ass out and be that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. What's going on with all these girls, though? What's happening? What, and why are we? What happened to us? We suck. I know I suck. I don't know. I'm is it because apart. all we care about here at Slingshot is making money? That is a good focus. And so <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'm focusing on my career and, and I'm that's, choosing to not be strong. I'm making that dis- conscious decision. We want to look pretty and we want to make more money. So I need to focus on that part too. We've reduced the pop tarts and we reduced the pizza. We reduced the donuts. Well, Wicked West Pizza, I think I actually found- You go to a place- I, They relocated. I, I, I'm starting to hear reports that you go to a place almost every night. Okay, well- And you have ice cream, like this ice cream donut It's an thing. ice cream donut. You can put some toppings. I've asked repeatedly for a punch card, but they will not give me one because I had gone there pretty often. I'll say this just flat out. I would never be caught dead at a place like that. I took you once. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops-a-daisy. And you tried to get took you to once. go with you. I've invited almost was, everybody to come it with It actually me. was really good. I think I got like cookie dough ice cream inside of it or something. Yeah, so they take a donut, they cut it in half, uh, like really high quality ice cream, toppings, and then they seal it back up and warm it up. Holy so shit. So the extra fat move to do though, is once you get all the toppings on top, there's a bunch of overspill. Oh, as soon as you said extra fat, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you said extra fat move, Marcus just slid right into the room. Yeah, he got all Naturally. fired up. And he's, his big old <laughs> wide face just lit up. Well, well, he's trying to keep that 242 frame. I wonder if he's hearing us on the live feed and he's starting There's to get no pissed. Way. There's no... Oh, he's <laughs> now he came in to put pressure on us. So I forgot that other people so in the building can be watching this. So right we don't, now. yeah, so we don't talk about him anymore. Yeah. There's a disadvantage of being live. Yeah, we should have shut that out for a minute. Jesus. Yeah, At least get a little delay going. Yeah. Yeah, we're watching uh, Steffi in the animal cage uh, right here. Is it is it Stephanie or Steffi or how do we, what do we, uh, what do we got going on? Her name's on? Stephanie, but goes by Steffi, Steph. It's all about Instagram, so I think it's Steffi. Steffi you know, all these, all these girls too that, uh, Smokey has been working, Jesus, 530. If I just said, hey girl, that out deadlifts me, she'd be like, hey. Smokey, uh. <laughs> Smokey has been working for Slingshot for quite some time, and uh, he's been working with a lot of these athletes. And something that we traditionally do here at Slingshot is we just completely ignore whenever the girl has like a boyfriend or a husband. Sure, yeah, yeah. So we just go right, we just go right to them. So with Steffi Cohen, we've been working on getting her out here. The yeah. problem is that Hayden wants to come along with him. Hayden who? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hey, yeah. Hayden who? That's what I'm, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know who that is. So they own a gym together, right? In Florida? Yeah, Highbird Performance, I believe, out in Florida, out in Miami area. Hmm. I think it's relatively new, maybe like six or so months. 545 deadlifts, there's no way she's going to get this. Well, she has straps on, so. Straps and sumo. Did you say strap on? That, that was kind of rude. But it was and sumo. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really understand what's going on, but the, the improvement in powerlifting has been crazy. The, the amount of weight people are moving, um, has just been absurd. And then also to see in the animal cage, I think it was done conventional, but I think Dan Green deadlifted 900 conventional, uh, with no belt. With no yep. belt, but maybe, maybe, maybe he had straps. Yeah, he, or had, something. he had straps. There was a couple of people that were like, oh, he had straps. That's, it's okay. So he, 20 pounds. I mean, what? But Dan Green's coming off of some like vicious injuries. He's yeah, been in the really. Last, in the last couple of years, he's kind of seemed like he's been coming back. Then he got injured, coming back, got injured. You remember he, he for a while was just uh, on a tear. He was breaking uh, every record that there was. Year, maybe. Uh, I believe 220 and 242. Yeah, and this he would, is for 865 right here. Jesus. I don't think this is this year though. Yeah, he's known for his sumo deadlift. And he's, uh, you know, Dan has huge, huge legs, a huge lower body, uh, which obviously helps him quite a bit in the squat and the uh, deadlift. But he, I mean, he's just strong all around. The guy's, you know, been breaking records for really a long time. Um, I, I would love to see him uh, come back and hit the platform. You know, powerlifting needs, it needs uh, more people to continue to push the sport. And when you have people that are jacked like that, uh, I think it helps a lot too. Like somebody like uh, Larry Wheels is like yeah. that that kid came out of nowhere. Remember that? Do you remember early on when Larry Wheels was lifting with Stan and they both deadlifted like 700 for a rep or two? Yeah. It was like forever ago. And it, now it was at, um, at what, eight something or? I think he did 900 also. Maybe, maybe in training, but yeah. uh, 
He's benching over 600. I think he benched 615. I think he's like 23, if I recall, or something around there. So that's pretty huge. Thing. That's a pretty big jump. He looks a lot like yourself. I mean, very similar. Physique-wise, similar. Small physique. waist. Two, I, I, yell, I yell power in that deep, deep, deep voice as well while people are training. Everything's all tapered in. Waist yeah. is tiny. Yep. Shoulders are huge. Stage ready. Cock's real strong. Yeah. Mediocre. Not really. <laughs> nah, not that strong. Eh, yeah, middle. <laughs> you know, the, the lifting that's been going on is just insane. And then to really cap things off, you know, having uh, Forsaken Warrior Steve Johnson and, and Rob Hall go head to head back and forth. 600 pounds for 63 and 65 reps back to back. I think it took like an hour and a half. I really don't understand that. You know, remember we had uh, Kaylor Woolham here uh, in the Mexican wrestling mask. in the, <laughs> Lucha, in the Luchador, eh? Luchador. In uh, that deadlift battle back and forth, but you know, and that went on for quite some time, but this was just insane. And I think the rest intervals were pretty short too. Yeah. I think they try to keep it to 30 seconds, uh, between lifters. No, I mean, it's insane to watch these guys lift the speed that they do stuff. Um, I can't figure out how to lift 225 that fast. Yeah. Very explosive. There's, uh, we got the, our boy Higa monster in there. He's always in the animal cage. He's uh yeah. He's always there every year. Yeah, he was on our plane on the way back from the Arnold. Did he have two seats? <laughs> I didn't check. Southwest make him get two seats. <laughs> we got to get him on the podcast. He's got that thickness going on. That'd be dope. Yeah. He, uh, his, uh, daughter does softball. They've been out here a few times. So yeah. I was like, what are the odds? He was in near us in Roseville. Yeah. She kicks ass. She's on some yeah. traveling softball team. That's insane. Or Shaken Warrior has deadlifted 900 pounds in competition, I believe, right? Yeah. I think like 909 or something like that, I believe. American uh, and, record. Uh, I, I need to apologize to Rob Hall because I got to be honest, I have not heard of Rob Hall before yep. this. So uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's just an example of of how strong and how freaky everything is right now. Even as much as I love powerlifting, I can't be aware of, of all these uh, mutants out there. Yeah. Well, we try to share him too. He, um, in the March, April issue of Power <sighs> Magazine, he's the strong spotlight. Jesus. So we snagged him up, our boy Wade Z Zeno. Mm-hmm. Uh, trains with them out there in Texas. You know what's what's cool about the animal cage is that these these people that are standing around with uh, cameras, these people are standing around with phones. Uh, these are not just fans. You know, the, the people that are inside the cage, those are other premier athletes in sport. Those yes. are other athletes that are... Pete Rubish is in there. Those are other athletes that are on another level. And uh, yeah, there's like 700 pound benchers in there and shit that are, that are filming this thing. I see our boy Ace over there. Cameraman right. Ace. What's the story behind that? You like body slammed him as a kid or? Really? Wait, which guy? Ace. Uh, remember he came out with. Uh, Who did I mess up? With um, Steph the, the, like, mom. The, the like third Mexican the cameraman. in this gym. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he said he met you when he was a kid and like you body slammed him or someone, someone maybe your brother body slammed him. I used to do a lot of things for money <laughs> back in the just, day. When just I was uh, parents calling you up yeah, to straighten just, out their I'd, kids. I'd, I'd oil myself up well, and of I'd, course. I'd get into my undies, uh, the pink ones. Yep. And, uh, you know, that would be that. No, I think I think that kid messed around with some wrestling for a while. Yeah. And yeah. I think uh, when I was in Ultimate Pro Wrestling in uh, Orange, Orange County, California, uh, I would, uh, I probably wrestled him or, or one of his relatives or something Just like that. Choked him out. Yeah. Because I, I seen some of the, like the promo pieces that he's made for like some of those organizations mm -hmm. that look pretty sick. And he still uses yeah. like some of the similar techniques for like, you know, uh, primeval labs and all that stuff too. Dang. In this video, Steve Johnson looks like he's about to die. Now these guys almost did die, right? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. cage almost killed so, the guy. So, um, Rob, or sorry, uh, Steve Forsaken, Steve Johnson's hands look like it went through a meat grinder. Um, I'd never reps. seen hands ripped up that bad. And then Rob Hall actually, um, got taken off in a stretcher, I believe, to the emergency room. That's just, I mean. I mean, that's like all out. What do you think about that? I mean, you think, do you think like, I mean, you are doing it for like pride, you know, but like, is it worth it? it? So oh, for hand. me personally, no, but I mean, if you can, but what if you were, I, what if you were benching, point, right? what if you were benching, uh, oh, now we're talking, now you got my attention. We're benching. <laughs> yeah. Right. What if you were benching like with our boy Damon over here and you know, Damon's got, I wouldn't do it. He's got a strong bench, but like if you guys, you know, benched a certain weight, like let's say 225. Yeah. Um, things, things might equal out a little bit and you, you know, you might 
press he's it shaking for his head. No, he doesn't. You might press possible. it for a similar similar amount of times. What if you know? What if you uh, what if you did five reps and then he went and he went back and forth? I mean, would you just go all in and just fucking just so, give it everything you got? Or so would you? I might. I know this might be a surprise, but being five six one eighty, I'm not very athletic. So. I think part what? of that is my my nature. Like, if I think I was going to get hurt, I'd honestly probably quit. Probably, like, yeah. I, I look at the bigger mm. picture. I guess, right, right, which isn't a very good. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm definitely a little bit maybe. that way uh, myself. So, like, I'm not. I think that, I think that everybody always thinks you need to be like ultra competitive, and uh, people use the word competitive as a positive, and I think sometimes it can actually be a real negative. Well. Sometimes people are like assholes because they're competitive. Sadly, know? look at Rob. I mean, he got hurt. Who knows if that affects his work or affects his family for the next couple months or maybe it medical bills. Sounds ridiculous, but he he legitimately could have died from yeah. do, from doing. I mean, this this is, has a tremendous impact uh, on your heart, and uh, it's cool. It's it's fucking awesome for somebody to have that kind of determination. Beyond impressive, and um. And uh, to to watch somebody do it gets you amped up and gets you excited. And these guys are like fucking cheering for each other, which is even yeah, cooler. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, man, you're like, and and I don't I don't know what makes it worth it because like an MMA, you know, we just interviewed uh, Chuck Liddell for the podcast, and and talking to somebody like that, somebody would be like, oh well, it's worth it because he's an MMA champion. Well, it's like he wasn't always an MMA champion. He had to get there. He, he, you know, he would put himself in really compromising positions. Yeah. Our buddy Nico, the guy that uh, is teaching me how to box, um, you know, somebody might weigh five more pounds than him. And they're like, well, what do you want to do? And he'll be like, sure, I'll keep, I'll fight anyway. And that uh, literally happened. Uh, I was with him <laughs> uh, pre-fight and they told him, hey, you know, come in at 135. So he made the cut and then he gets there and they're like, Oh, uh, sorry, your opponent's gonna come in at 145. He's <laughs> like, Well, what the fuck? You told me I had to come in at 35. Like, ah, yeah, our mistake. Do you still wanna fight? And he's like, Oh, I'm definitely gonna fight. You can put anybody out there and I'll fight him. <laughs> but I'm just like, Dude, like, you don't Who know. Who won? Who won? Uh, Nico jacked him up in the first round. All right, good. It was pretty bad. Yeah. I was worried that that story was gonna take a dark no, turn. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Yeah. Good shout job, out Nico. to Nico. He fights in two weeks, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's hard to know, you know, what's worth it. You know, yesterday having uh, Ben Pikulski here, uh, hitting up some hitting up some chest stuff. Now he didn't put me in any sort of real compromising position where sure. I'm like, oh, I don't know where my next breath is going to come from, type yeah. of deal. Um, but the day before that, and this is something that not everybody always gets to know or understand, but I'm doing this every day. Yep. So there's people that take great pride in bringing it to me, and they're like, I kicked your ass. And I'm like, whatever, buddy. I've been doing this every day and I've been doing this for a really fucking long time. You're catching me like at some certain part of my career or whatever. I'm going to win some and I'm yep. going to lose some. There's, there's just no question about it. Um, but when we had uh, Mr. Carnivore Pants here, Dr. Baker, uh, you know, he was taking me into some deep water. Yeah, I saw that. A couple things. And, and some we trap did, bar carries. Yeah. So, so the trap bar carry is a great example. When we did that, you know, we went up to four plates and I was able to complete the four plates and it didn't feel too bad, but definitely felt heavy off the floor. Uh, before that we did some deadlifts and Dr. Baker is 11 years older than me. He's, uh, or he's 10 years older than me. He, you know, he, um, he ended up hitting, uh, he ended up going for five plates and he managed that, uh, pretty easy. Uh, I went to go before he did and couldn't even budge the five plates off the ground. Yeah. So I went to, I went to lift it off the ground and I was like, nah, I don't know. Like if I, you know, when you go to do a deadlift and you get rounded over from it, you kind of get folded up from it. You're kind of like, mm, I can push into it more, but I'm going to round over more. Yeah. And I was, as I was rounding over more, I'm like, I'm really dumping that into my arms and my biceps. And I'm not making excuses, but I, I would have rather given up, which I ended up doing, yeah. than to tweak a bicep. Well, what's wrong? Myself. You just weren't strong enough. Like right. that happens. I go to pick stuff up all the time. It's like, yeah. I'm just not strong enough. Right. Like, I don't need to make excuse. Something hurts. I'm just weak. Yep. I mean, in this particular case, five plates. Yeah. You're just not there yet. And Stan was here uh, months ago and he and I worked up to five plates and I was able to do it while he was here. Uh, but that was also probably about 25 pounds ago. Do we have video of it though? Or I don't think it uh, never, it never <laughs> happened. It didn't happen. It never happened. But I remember at that time it, it actually feeling a little easier. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I had like a belt on or whatever, but uh, anyway, yeah, you're right. Sometimes, you know, you know what, you're just like, 
this is where I'm at. Yeah. You actually gave it a lot more attempts. I wanted you to stop. I was walking over with a belt to give you a belt, which you're now a large, which we share, which is kind of embarrassing. Nice. Um, so I was walk, walking over with a belt. Oh, Damon's you, got the mustache going on. pretty again. nasty. <laughs> you gave it a few tugs. I was really surprised. I yeah. thought, I was like, all right, this is going to be work. And then you got back into position and tried it again and then got back. Yeah. I was like, oh no. So, I was trying. So speaking of things that like we should or shouldn't be doing, uh, Nibbling Zombie hit us up on the uh, the YouTube chat. I love the names. Yeah, some of them are really good. That's probably the best one so far. Uh, but he pulled his bicep tendon off his bone. Mm, um, been there. Yeah. And he actually wants oh. to know, like, how soon do you see people deadlifting after surgery? I believe, Smokey, you have some recent Yeah, so I, uh, nine months ago, ruptured my bicep tendon deadlifting as well. And um, within a few days, I was back in the gym. Mark and Marcus and the team really helped me out. And I did everything and anything I possibly could. Uh, ended up dropping 20 pounds because I figured my weight was a thing I could control since my training was kind of in the shitter at the moment. And um, I mean, I was back to doing deadlift variations. Maybe I was doing deadlift variations within a couple of months. Um, with the bicep tendon, they are actually, they're not reattaching it. They're attaching it to your bone. Um, to a different location. So they the, attach it down into like the forearm. Yeah. So right? the, the bicep tendon actually, and that's what I was, I was deadlifting. And I strained my forearm. And I was like, oh, thank God it's not my bicep. That's like literally the first thing I thought. I'm like, oh, sweet. My bicep's fine. Yeah. Just my forearm strained. And sure enough, that's where your tendon goes. Um, and so the doctor is really adamant. Hey, mm -hmm. sit 12 weeks. Don't push it. 12 weeks. Don't push it. So week two, I felt great. That's awesome. So I pushed it <laughs> and I thought I retore my bicep tendon. <laughs> and I remember being, on my motorcycle in the driveway <laughs> uh, where I probably shouldn't have been doing 10 weeks or 10 days out. And uh, I thought I tore it, but that shook me so bad that I chilled out. But mm. I was back to deadlifting within, you know, 10, 12 weeks, double overhand. It's important to note that you um, went to a doctor. Yes. Immediately. Went to the emergency room immediately. Went to the emergency room that day. Yep. And then you got uh, surgery how much longer after? Yeah, so I, it happened on a Tuesday. Wife met me at the emergency room on a Tuesday. Went, couldn't pass up a trip to bodybuilding.com with uh, oh, Mark yeah. here. So yeah. I, I had an option to have surgery on Friday, but I said, nope, because we had first class tickets. I mean, I can't pass that opportunity <laughs> uh, to Idaho. Um, so uh, we went to Idaho and I had surgery, I believe that Monday. Mm. So within six days, seven days, I had surgery. And then the recovery, like I said, was um, definitely a good 12 weeks. And then I'm probably nine months out, I'm like 95%. There's definitely yeah. some things. Um, the team and I discovered yesterday at lunch that my biceps don't activate quite the same, uh, which- He was so sad. I was very sad. There's definitely a big difference though between, you know, somebody that, you know, blows the bicep out all the way mm -hmm. and immediately seeks surgery uh, versus myself, who's had many tweaks over the years. I luckily haven't had like a real crazy blowout. Um, where I've had to have something uh, surgically repaired. Um, and maybe I have, I just haven't even gotten it checked out. But uh, there's a big difference. Um, something I learned from from watching people over the years that have had surgery is, and there's, there's rehab protocols, and there's some things you can do. But basically, when you have surgery, it just takes X amount of time to heal. Yeah. Like 15 weeks or 18 weeks, you know, just depending on the person, uh, if the person wants to work a little harder and they want to try to get blood to the area and they want to compacts and they want to do some of these things, maybe they can recover a little bit faster, but usually time will actually heal it. And then you're like ready to go yep. and you're not ready. It's not like you're, you know, ready to go and lift the same weights you yeah, lifted before. You're not at all, but there'll have to be like a progression. Got to start back from the bottom. Um, but you could also have it be where you're not starting completely over where you're doing, um, you know, 45 degree back raises, leg curls, dragging a sled, right? You're doing safety a lot of bar squat. I mean, yeah, I safe my safety bar squat went up. My weight went down, my safety bar squat went up because that's the one movement yeah. I could really do well. You can do a lot of other movements and that's that's where you want to, of course, you're going to get sad about it. You're going to be mad about it. You're going to be upset, but you, you want to, you know, do me a favor and focus in on the five things that you can do yep. and try, try to just, you know what, there's stuff I can't do, sucks, but what are you going to do, cry about it? Yeah, I made it clear when it happened. I had, I had had several surgeries before that, and I you know I'm not I'm very familiar with it. And I 
I just made a decision that I'm not going to let this slow me down. And I, like I said, I adjusted my food. I did all my work. It was amazing on uh, on YouTube. <laughs> He's like, I've had like over 20 surgeries. And people are like, this guy's a fucking idiot. Was he tearing every week? And he, yeah. he wasn't referring to lifting yeah, at all. That was my first... Uh, that's my first training surgery. Yeah. Damn. But that that's, was, that was funny. That's why Smokey's partially crazy. He's had a lot of brain surgeries. A lot of brain surgeries. Mm-hmm. He's got the brain of a, uh, what's in there? I don't know. Basset oh, they hound? replaced it? <laughs> I think so. That that's, awesome. that's why you uh, try to lick Andrew all the time. Oh. <laughs> he knows about that. Yeah. Uh, got another question from Alexander Rethwich. If, uh, so he's prepping for a push-pull meet and he wants to know if it's a good idea to uh, still train squat. Like, is that going to help him in his meet? I say absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, towards the end of the, uh, you know, last several weeks uh, before the push-pull, he should probably just focus in on more of what he's asked to do on competition day. Uh, but in the meantime, might as well keep squatting, just uh, have a squat in there once a week, just to keep the movement and just so that you're not, uh, it's not so new to you when you get done with the push-pull meet. A lot of times squats can help with deadlifts too. Yeah. So actually when I got hurt nine months ago, I was training for a push-pull meet and I had been safety bar squatting um, up until my last like 12 weeks. And then I had stopped squatting completely. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it hindered me because I wasn't I wasn't breaking parallel. I wasn't moving the same. My getting a position for bench was more difficult. My lower body strength was was harder. Yeah. I actually think it hindered me. I think I would have been better off um, maybe doing a safety bar or a cambered bar, something where my shoulders aren't being jeopardized. You broke um, our cambered bar though. I did not break it. I was just the last to use it while broken. <laughs> Two separate things. I don't know. Uh, we do need to get that fixed though. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm mad about you it. You don't squat, Damon. The only bar I can squat with. <laughs> now he has an excuse. Now Damon has an excuse not to squat. Uh, Rob Edwards just wanted to, you know, let us know that he's wor- he's uh, watching this instead of working. He's all the way in Edmonton. Is he fapping? Uh, hopefully, um, Johnny Carpenter. He said he's joined the uh, the war on carbs. And hey. what, nice. Yeah. He wants to know if uh, he's been doing full carnivore for a month now and mm. losing fat, making gains. But he's worried that he might hit a plateau. And if he does, what can he do next? Start adding in carbs or just stick with it? Because, I mean, you've said yeah. you've been still gaining and dropping fat, right? Mm-hmm. Crying is always good. That works. You know, just cool. water weight. Get some Ben and Jerry's, <laughs> pop the top of that thing off, throw that bitch in the garbage, watch Biggest Loser, drown your sorrows in some uh, New York Super Fudge chunk. And just is that a real one? I think so. I think that I, sounds I really good. I don't know. I might have made it up. Yeah, it is now. Um, I like fish food a lot, and I like uh, uh, shit. What's the other the one? T- the tonight, today tonight, tonight though. Yeah, tonight though. But yeah, yeah, just drown your sorrows in some ice cream, and then that'll speed up your metabolism, and you'll be losing weight again. Bam, reset. It's yeah, it's, that's the keto reset. No, I mean if you're making progress, uh, continue on the path that you're on. Um, I, I kind of feel like. Uh, as I go through the ketogenic diet uh, for over a year, pretty much straight now, um, it's starting to it's starting to feel like I'm finding out like these new discoveries. But I think that the discoveries, even though I am sharing them with everybody, uh, it feels like the discoveries are a little bit unique to myself. So. Um, I do try to take my time. I try to be uh, responsible with sharing the information. So there's some stuff that I've been doing more recently where I, I try not to just share it right away because I'm trying to see uh, how it affects me. Um, I've been injecting all of my steaks with trend and growth <laughs> hormone and insulin to try to see the response. Is that before or after you cook them? It's both, yeah. Oh, before. It's like the season? It's before <laughs> yeah. and after season? It's before and after. Or marinade? No, I've been, uh, you know, mixing in a sweet potato, mixing in a little bit of fruit. Um, just like last night I had a, a sweet, uh, Japanese sweet potato. I don't know why. Is there but timing on that or is there, you just, you don't care. Do you do it before training? Do you do after? Does it matter? Just convenience? I think I'm so low carb, but it just doesn't matter. I think the body's ready for it, you know, at all times. Uh, I've done it both before and after and, uh, uh, not not both in the same day, but yeah. I've, I've done it both ways where I've had it before a training session. I've also done it where I've had it after and they both feel pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the advantage of having carbohydrates before a training session, uh, is the simple fact that 
you would probably be consuming less overall food and you'd probably be consuming, in the case of a ketogenic diet, you'd probably be consuming less overall food, you'd probably be consuming less overall fat and therefore you would digest it faster, technically. Uh, and so therefore, you know, some carbs before a workout can be beneficial. It's the one real hole I think that's in a ketogenic diet or that's in something like the war on carbs is that, uh, you know, that, that pre-workout you can't like, I used to, as when I was young, I used to love having a little bit of like cereal before workout. It was like just some fast acting carbs. Um, I wouldn't use milk cause I'm lactose intolerant. I would mix, I would, uh, eat it with uh, like a whey protein shake. Yeah. And it was just like, I'd have one bowl. It wasn't like a big splurge or anything, but I got some fast acting carbs and went to the gym. Uh, other things I would do is like eat rice or eat some fruit, you know, on a keto diet, it's really tough, but I've been experimenting with some different things and, uh, you know, Stan, Stan the Rhino Efforting has been helping a lot. Um, I've been messing with some cranberry juice. Cranberry juice has iodine in it. The iodine can help with electrolyte balance. The iodine, uh, can also help, uh, your thyroid function. The, or an, an orange can help your thyroid function. So can the cranberry juice because it has fructose in it. Fructose can, uh, help keep your liver healthy, which can kind of give you a little bit of, uh, I just say it this way, give you a little bit of fire, just make your body temperature uh, go up a little bit, not actually go up a little bit, but it's, it's a way to put a little bit of, uh, throw some logs onto your, yeah. um, onto your metabolism. So do you think implementing some cars can be a slippery slope? Um, I, you had me, you helped me lose the last like eight pounds when I was trying to cut 20 and I hopped on a keto diet and um, as my, as I was healing, my arm was healing. Um, I was getting back into training, but my training kind of you know stop for a second yeah. so you had me implement some carbs and i was like once i started i want like i i still have them i went to walmart mm -hmm. and bought probably like 10 sleeves of uh, rice cakes like i just went nuts like yep. you said you sure have some carbs and i went okay <laughs> yeah. a little cart so yeah yeah it can be and that's and that's why a ketogenic diet i think people are confused on uh why a ketogenic diet uh, works and then people are like carbs aren't bad and this and that well they're not bad but they're really hard to control mm -hmm. that gets to be the hardest thing is uh and that's ultimately what we're talking about is you're trying to gain control and for some people because their diet is out of whack they're behind every single day on every single thing that they do they're behind financially they have credit outstanding credit card payments they have uh financial aid that they've never paid off from school uh loans and and this and that and it's it's it, it's uh it's hard for me to put into words and it's hard for me to explain but when you start to clean up your diet and when you start to head in the right direction and when you get rid of carbohydrates it can make a lot of things easier because I think you can just think more clearly. And I would say that that's true of any diet that you gain control over. And if you're losing weight, um, if you're fat to begin with, I'll also say that because if you're not, there's really not as, as many things to, not as many things to worry about. But if you're, if you're dropping weight and you're feeling good, it'll, it can kind of help clean up uh, other aspects of your life. Um, I'm not the only power lifter or, or um, or athlete that has, you know, retired from the sport and made more money as you uh, started to transition into something else. And a lot of that has to do with just your time consumption is, is so immersed on what it is that you're doing at the time. And I think when you mix in poor nutrition, uh, it can really amplify the problems and the stress that would normally, uh, that should normally kind of, you should be able to deflect really easy just becomes harder. Everything kind of sticks to you more. I think everything just becomes amplified. Things become harder. You're not happy with the way that you look. You're wearing bag your clothes. You can't look yourself. You can't look at yourself in the mirror. You don't want anybody to take a picture of you or with you or any of that. So you run into these things that you're kind of hiding from. You run from them on a daily basis and you're not even realizing. It. So like sometimes some of the posts I may make, they might be harsh and people might be like, fuck this guy. Why is he talking like that? Well, I'm talking that way because I've been on that side of the fence before. I know what that feels like. I've been a bum before. I've been behind before. Uh, you know, I used to sleep later than I do now. Like I've done all these things and I, I've come to the realization that life is so much easier and so much fucking better and so much more fun when you're winning. 
And an easier way to win is to clean up some of the things that you're doing. If you can clean up some of the things you're doing, you can get momentum. And when you get momentum, you can start to fucking win and you can start to feel better about yourself and start to feel better about everything that's going on. When you get control of all those things, you have control of yourself. And then a really cool thing happens. You're not fucking worried about what anybody else is doing because you feel really good about what you're doing. There you go. And you got to fucking worry about it. Have you been able to keep off whatever weight you try to drop? Yeah, so I dropped down from 197 to 177 um, to compete at 181. So I'm 180 this morning. So my goal is to just... Furry, though. Yeah, I wonder what I'd be if I just shaved. Uh, I'd be like, what? Yeah, go around 165s. We'd be twins. So my goal is to... uh, My goal (laughs) is to drop an even (laughs) for being jacked and old and strong and handsome. Nope, I'm not resentful at all. (laughs) (laughs) That guy gets in here at like 5 o'clock and he's just tearing the place up. 500 for 10? I think he did for 13. Lucky 13. I mean, he is short. I mean, you're you're not tall, but you're not that short. I mean, he's really no, short. No, he's really short. He's, uh, what's the character from Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's the, he's uh, Tyrion, right? Is Tyrion, that the yeah, that's what he's, we call him. He's the little, well, I don't call him. I mean, I do right now, obviously. The little midget from uh, Game of Thrones. You know, DJ Webb is somebody that claims to be on the Warren Carbs. We got to call that guy out. Well, he has a schedule. His schedule is that it's fucking cereal month or whatever. What was that? National, <laughs> National cereal? cereal Day. So him and what I, a fat bastard. Him and I keep each other in check all the time. Who was that? And he told me, he's like, all right, start. You're not it. doing a good job. We were at, <laughs> yeah, he he hit me with Audible. I found out via Instagram, so I wasn't aware. But yeah, he was like, oh, when we come back, I'm Are doing no carb, no carb. I'm going to fast. That's what he said. He said, Monday, I'm going to fast Monday and Tuesday. And then Tuesday or something was International Cereal. He's like, all right, bowl number four. I'm like, what? He had, I, I've never even seen some of the stuff that he had. Man. Oh, he, I don't he know. He had it frosted good. Lucky Charms. Yeah, he had he a had bunch. He had like underground cereals and stuff. No, he <laughs> probably went to, yeah, some fancy store on this one. What do you fucking this drop, isn't the bag. drive on over to General Mills or something <laughs> and have them make them custom, custom batches and stuff? Yeah. That was crazy. He had, he had prototypes of cereals. So good. Yeah, why do you need so many boxes? He had frost. I've never seen that before. Why can't you have one box? Your whole family shares one box. I can't get over that. I'm still yeah. thinking about it. I've been thinking about cereal for last week. Terms. Well, What's do you, your, you remember at the ST Classic when he tried to down that? Like this it was is like probably, a, this it was is a great story. Size so donut. we're working the ST Classic. We had the event at the expo in January. Whips out the biggest donut. You've and ever the seen? whole day Dude. he tells me he's like, "I'm not going to eat a donut today. I'm just going to eat bar. I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to eat clean." Loves protein bars. That guy. Great. Ate a protein bar. Everything's good. The event's over. I look over. He's eating the biggest donut I've ever <laughs> seen in my life for a bet. And I'm not kidding. It was probably like 12 inches by yeah, 12 inches. It was the size of like a medium pizza. But was it two t- of them? Uh, I think it was two. So what happened was- He has he, diabetes he, at this point, right? Yes. Well, he's, he pounded through like three quarters of the first one. He's like, oh, it's too dry. And then he goes and grabs like a normal one. He's like, yeah, this one's moist. It's good to go. And so he ate like <laughs> one or two more. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the biggest flip-flopper. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he, he, uh, it's funny because over the years I've run into a few people that have, uh, worked with, uh, Damon Thurman yep. and, uh, these guys are, these guys are in the air force together and I've run into some people at trade shows and stuff and they're like, Ooh, they're like Damon. It's like, he's, he's tough. And Damon's pretty quiet around us. I yeah. mean, knowing the guy for a long Unless time. Unless he's yelling at you for taking his weights yeah, off his bench. You know, he'll, he'll get in the mix here and there. He'll talk some shit, but he's relatively quiet does his work comes in trains hard has huge pipes right yeah brags about him brags about him a little bit sets up our fan fucking goes on no big deal <laughs> goes on his way but dj webb was like man he's like he's like damon man he just uh i you know one day he just like yelled at me for like a really long time <laughs> and i was like one day he's like well it was a couple times <laughs> and i was like well what's a long time what do you mean he's like for like two hours. I was like, really? I was probably going to say four minutes. For like two hours? Five minutes. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, he's like, don't get on his bad side. And I was like, ah, hopefully I won't. I don't, I don't know. We'll just make sure his bench is cleared. He'll be happy. Yeah. But you know, and now, now we see why though. Cause DJ Webb is so dysfunctional. He, uh, he is a little scatterbrained. Yeah. He's kind of all over the place. We got to help this guy out. What you doing today? Uh, 385 for two on the bench. Oh my God. 385 for two on a deadlift would be a tall order. You probably wouldn't, you probably just skip the workout, right? Yeah, I don't do that. No, you did deadlift, uh, what, yesterday, uh, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday I deadlifted. You pulling 405 for a couple reps? Yeah, I was supposed to do like 475 for a couple reps, but my hammy was a little tweaked, so I was trying to join a smelly on some, we call it pizza for breakfast, and yep. 
who would have thought walking with dumbbells in my hand would have eaten up my uh, hammy like that. So, guys, whenever you're trying something new, you know, even if it's something that's not that new, he's, you've done those workouts with yeah. us a bunch of times before. Uh, anytime you, uh, you know, throw throw something <laughs> into the mix, it, it can it can really change things. Got to be careful. Yeah, I need to get back in the habit of uh, either getting there early and warming up, or just mm. you know, you don't, if you don't feel great take five extra minutes. I should have just hopped on the bike, yeah. warmed up and I would have been fine. It's really hard to stay in your lane. You know, it's really hard to just hone in and focus in on yourself when there's a lot of other things going around, especially in this gym. Well, you get fired up. You, yeah. and someone, you know, oh, I want to do that. You get pulled into whatever. Yeah, hop in. Hey, let's do this. Yeah. You don't think about it. And you're like, oh, you're using the eighties. Oh, I can't use the sixties. <laughs> right. It's like, you're only a hundred pounds more than me, but I should still mm -hmm. use the same weight. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of the the nature of it. So last week you hit three eighty five for two. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Uh, Marcus gave me a little bump at the very top because it was uh, which we actually don't do very often. But I think he knew I was going to be a grinder. That's so. a big difference between powerlifting and bodybuilding. We don't really. It's uh, pretty rare. We don't kind of like um, we'll, we'll grind through a lift, but yeah. it's not usually with assistance. A lot of times, I think. I think some of it stems from a how how we're uh, judged in competition. Sure. Once the weight goes back down, it's not um, a, not a good lift anymore, um, and so therefore we try to make sure the lifts are executed as cleanly as possible for a training session. Um, but then also, I think we're worried about injury. Yeah. You know, and we hang around each other a lot, and we uh, we try to protect each other. You know, so somebody goes to squat, and that bar move dips down at all. My take arm it. is right underneath it, and we're going to try to take the weight right away. And sometimes the guy's like, "Oh, I was still, you know, I'm still trying to lift it." But I'll but I'll look at the spotters any day and say thank you because if I if <laughs> yeah. I had to grind that three eighty five on that second rep and my shoulder end up tweaking and I'm out for two months, yeah. all for what for a training day? It like, could turn bad fast, and it can turn really bad really fast more my fault for maybe not taking 375 for a double yeah, what do you guys think about like in strongmen when they can like hinge off of like their thigh like i thought that was fucking crazy oh yeah like so like it on looks, a looks uh, scary in particular on like a deadlift yeah on the deadlift yeah and yeah you know I, like yeah tractoring it like yeah yeah they jolt. they hitch hitch the weight up yeah. or they kind of like edge the weight up you know their body they they mm, lean the edging they edge it <laughs> yeah well because i seen uh shaw's uh homie andy they were you know the the day mm -hmm. that they were training and i th i thought he was gonna die like he, <laughs> I oh yeah you were you, were you there that day yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was in the it was in shaw's garage and like i'm like oh my god like oh that's weird he's just like trying to grind it out just for like but that's you know, normal but yeah i didn't know that that was normal so like I just, I don't it, like I said, I seriously thought he was going to yeah. like fucking rip his arms yeah, off. Yeah, people will go as far as to kind of tuck their hips uh, forward and drive their knees forward, almost like a hack squat. To like catch it. They'll catch the weight on their quads. They'll pause there and then they'll re-pull and re-pull and re-pull. And sometimes they end up with this crazy uh, hitching type yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we're not able to, we're not allowed to do that sure. in a power of team meet. I think- when it comes to powerlifting or bodybuilding, I think some body English and some cheating is uh, sometimes necessary on something like a bend over row. You get some momentum into it and you can increase the range of motion. And Ben Pakulski showed us yesterday that when you increase the range of motion, you increase muscle tension a lot of times. So, you know, some of the method of bodybuilding of kind of keeping these short uh, reps where you're keeping a lot of tension on the muscle, uh, those things are correct. And that's one way to do it. But another way to do it is to if you tuck your elbows in on a bench press uh, the way that we do as power lifters and we do it all the time every single set every single rep uh, this is not something I thought a ton about and it's not something I did during my career but I probably should have benched with my elbows up and I probably should have benched with my elbows out with lighter weights on almost every workout I ever did uh, at least for assistance exercise to train the pec and to train my shoulder in a lower and more compromising position because what I did with Ben attacked my chest in a way that I've never yeah. had it attacked before. I mean, it's super, it's super fucking sore today. I think there's a difference between tra training and competition, right? Like yeah. training should look clean, but if you're giving it a hundred percent, some things aren't going to go that smoothly and you might hitch in theory and strongman or yeah. your squat might, you know, do a little wobble or your deadlift's mm -hmm. going to be a grinder. Speaking of strongman, what do you guys think? Uh, so Corey's asking, what do you guys think about Shaw's performance at the Arnold? I thought it was awesome. He he did he did amazing. I think uh, when it came to that stone lift, that four hundred ten pound stone that that they were it was supposed unbelievably to, awkward uh, looking. Yeah, yeah, that they were going to shoulder. 
I think Brian is more of a guy that will typically manhandle stuff. He'll pick stuff up and he just kind of like moves it around fast. And next thing you know, it's up on his shoulder. Next thing you know, he's throwing uh, nearly a 600 pound stone over something. But in this case, he was trying to have more technique. He was trying to be a little more technical. Uh, I think the advice that he got may not have been great for his uh, body type. And uh, when he get out, went out there, he just wasn't able to... Uh, he wasn't, wasn't able to do it. And so that really set him back and that screwed him up for the rest of the day. Uh, Hap Thor Bjornsson did amazing. I mean, the mountain deserves all the credit. He, he won and it was a fair fight and they both, they yeah. both went at it head to toe. And that's what you want to see. And neither of them got injured, I believe. No, neither guy got Which injured. that's huge. Neither guy got injured. Not only did they not get injured, but they seemed like pretty damn healthy afterwards. Yeah. Like they didn't even get banged up. Yeah. I think I saw Shaw like towing a, you know, fire truck this week or last week or something yeah um unbelievable performance from both those guys really cool to see both of them getting uh getting uh you know working with stan efforting uh with the vertical diet and stan is now you know i, I think it's really cool to see him uh, promoting the vertical diet more it looks like they're he's working on uh some different ways of monetizing it and i say good for him because uh stan has really provided us with a lot of free information and he'll continue to provide us yeah. with a lot of free information but uh, you know, Stan is somebody that I really look up to and I, I really appreciate him. And I think he's onto something too, with the vertical diet. A lot of us follow it. Um, you know, at least the, the best, the best that we can. Sure. My any, diet, any diet, my diet's, uh, like, I guess vertical and horizontal and it looks like a piece <laughs> of steak pretty much right now. It's, that's all I'm eating. But, um, some other guys that are doing it where they're mainly only, uh, consuming a handful of ingredients of foods. I think it's a great way to go. The concept is just you're able to digest those foods quickly, get those foods in and out of your system quickly so you can eat more and so you can train harder. Yep. Any other questions? Uh, let me check really quick. Uh, yeah, that was basically it. Uh, some more carnivore diet stuff. Cool. Well, they, they can check out all the stuff that we did uh, with uh, Dr. Baker because we yeah. covered a shit ton. Um, so Smokey, you know, had to squeak out 385 last week a little bit. And we're going to work on some things with him this week uh, when we go work out in just a few minutes. Just going to probably maybe change the warm up up a tiny bit. Uh, what I advised him to do is uh, instead of 275, um, his progressions from 275 upward just to keep a five pound plate on there the whole time. So instead of it being 275, it'll be 285. Instead of 315, it'll be 325. And whatever tweener jumps he wants to take on his way to 385, there may be an extra set in there or two. Uh, but my thought process is that, uh, you know, not to get too technical and stuff, but you do need to wake the nervous system up a little bit and your body needs to be really prepared for the weight and for the movement. And uh, if you don't prepare, uh, if you don't prepare properly or do too many reps, you can tire yourself out. It's really rare that I've seen like an extra set or two really bother anybody that much. It normally usually, it normally helps in a lot of cases. And so that's what we're going to try to do today. See if we can get you the two doubles clean. Yeah, sounds good. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. This is the power project coming to you. And I really appreciate you guys uh, following along. If you like this format, if you like what we did today, let us know. If you fucking hate it and you think Smokey's the worst, don't let us know. Definitely let us know. Don't tell us. Don't let us know. If you want Andrew to shut up more, tell him because he's got control of everything pretty much. So yeah. you'll be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. We're going to go train. See y'all later. Later.